This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, this is the half hour of the program where we open up the phone lines and get your take on one of the hot topics of the week. And mobility pricing, congestion taxes. What are your thoughts on some of the suggestions that have been made so far by the committee taking a look at this? So we all knew that when those tolls came off the bridges, there would be something that takes their place. Uh, many of us think it will cost us more. Although I suppose it depends on how much you used the bridges in the first place. But some of the ideas have been put forward. The idea of a congestion charge, the idea of road pricing, the idea of monitoring where people are driving and having a GPS device ping various charge centers. So what would you like to see or what is your response so far to what we've heard from the commission taking a look at road pricing in Metro Vancouver? We'll open up the phone lines in just a moment. But first, take a listen to Jonathan Cote. He is uh, he spoke with the Vancouver, sorry, with the CKNW newsroom um, about congestion pricing and had this to say about the various scenarios and the various ideas that have been put forward. You know, I think the uh, the mobility pricing uh, commission had uh, had a really challenging job taking on uh, taking on this topic. But I think what they put forward are are two very reasonable options that are are worth exploring further uh, to help address uh, the region's need to to reduce congestion and and support investment in into transportation infrastructure. In terms of uh, the goals of, of, of the Mayor's Council, uh, really those are the, the two best options which both uh, could, could actually see a reduction in congestion in the region and uh, improve uh, uh, predictable travel times and, uh, and, and look at fairness and, and supporting investment in the region uh, compared to other options which weren't able to, to address those, those three main goals. Right. Uh, and now, one of the things that kind of struck me in this report was that uh, they said one of the biggest areas of concern people had or, or things that people were least interested in in terms of fairness issues was uh, pay by kilometer. But that ends up being one of the two recommendations uh, sort of in a way that they've suggested. I mean, what do you what do you sort of think about that tension? Yeah, you know, I think no doubt uh, as the, the commission continues their work, uh, you know, they're going to have to address the issue of affordability and, and fairness. Uh, you know, I think those came loud and clear in, in, in the public in public engagement. So uh, there's, there is going to have to be some more work done being able to uh, to address those issues, but do it in a way that ultimately can still uh, still achieve some of the uh, the goals, such as uh, reducing congestion in the region uh, through this type of a process. There's no doubt. I think uh, whatever for any recommendation to to be successful and get uh, get political buy-in and, and buy-in from the public, uh, there's going to have to be uh, regional regional fairness and you know a general feeling that uh, you know if uh, if certain areas are being charged, that those areas are also seeing other improvements in transportation, whether that be improvements in road infrastructure or or new public transit access, and those two two things have to be combined together. Anytime any region around the world has has looked at uh, these types of uh, mobility pricing models, uh, you know I think there there has been uh, been skepticism from from the public. Uh, I think the key to get in uh, public support and to get at the political buy-in, though, we'll be able to to actually demonstrate that that such a system could actually reduce congestion in the region and could lead to more uh, consistent and predictable travel times, which was also identified as as a major issue in the Metro Vancouver region. 
That was New Westminster Mayor Jonathan Cote talking about the two recommendations that have come forward from the Mobility Pricing Commission. The one, the congestion point charges, and that could be a a system of fixed tolling points at intersections, bridges or tunnels or tolling zones where drivers would pay to enter into a defined area, either entering into a defined area or exiting a defined area. The second idea is distance based charges that would vary by time and location with drivers in some areas paying more per kilometer during the busier times of day. And the commission said that it took a look at congestion charges in countries all around the world and selected these two approaches out of 10 possible approaches they could be taking. They're now going to start their in-depth study of the two proposed models and come back later this month. So my question to you, what do you think about these ideas? Do these sound like a good way to deal with raising money for transit improvements, for road infrastructure? Do you think this is the best way for the province to move forward. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell phone and one 399 is a free call for you. Phone lines are open. We are talking about mobility pricing. What do you think is the best solution? Let's check in with John on the open line. John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Joe. Uh, my comment on this is... Um you know, I, with all due respect to the work they've done, to do uh, tolling and going into certain areas, for example, downtown, that makes a lot of sense to reduce congestion. But if you do the mobility charges, you're going to penalize the, you know, the small family, the middle-income family when they drive their kid to soccer and everything else. You know, it's it's if you do the proper way is to do a gas tax. Just increase the gas tax because a family that doesn't have a lot of money is going to get a car that's good on gas. And the rich people are going to be buying more gas, so it's more equitable. If you do mobility, it's just punishing the average British Columbian, and it's really stupid. But isn't a gas tax also a kind of a form of mobility pricing in that if you're driving more kilometers, the more you drive, the more gas you need, therefore you're going to be paying a bigger portion? No, no, it doesn't work that way. If, If I don't have a lot of money and I get a car that's good on gas, and then somebody in their expensive car, we drive the same distance, they're paying more tax. Right, in mobility, we pay the same. All right. So by mileage, it's the same. It's not. It's not fair. All right, John. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate that. We're talking about the recommendations from the Mobility Pricing Commission, taking a look at the two ways. There are two ways that they've put forward as far as raising money for transit for Metro Vancouver infrastructure in the future. And I want to get your take on this. Do you think distance is how people should be charged? Would you be in favor of zones where if you drove into a high congestion zone, you would be charged, whether you're driving into the zone or leaving the zone? What about time of day? If you were told if you did this drive at 8 o'clock at night instead of 5 o'clock in the evening, one was free, one wasn't, would you change your pattern? Would you change what time you drive around and do that to try and avoid getting dinged the extra money? Start 9898 on your cell phone, 604-280-9898, and 1-877-399-9898 is a free call. Uh, Let's check in with Rick. Good morning. Good morning, Jill. How are you? Um, the idea of the of mobility pricing, I think, has been a long time, uh, long time coming. I've been beating this drum for like two decades now, where all vehicles have to pay 
for for what they're using. We're getting so much for for nothing. And the really thing that the biggest thing that irked me were all of the people decades ago, even now, that buy out into the valley because the homes were cheaper. And then through that money, they were able to to fund all sort of um, benefits for for their own self personally. Whereas you know us us we bought in on this side of a bridge, we paid hundreds. Hundreds of thousands of dollars more for our property, just so we could not cross the bridge, and we couldn't afford those things. Now to hear that complaining, it really irks me. But that being said, what they really need to do is, is take these funds that that they're going to eventually collect, give them to transit, with the goal of eventually pro- or providing free transit for everyone. The, the the whole thing they want to do is get the vehicles reduced so the traffic's not nearly as as intense. Um, take the funds from the people that are driving it, collect it on, on all funds, on bridges, on, on distance, um, put a trans, uh, transponder on, on your license plate so you can't get away with it. Put on receivers, you drive, you, drive, you pay. Um, and then take that funds, give it free, uh, make transit free. Why um, should transit be free, though? Why should we not pay something to, it's a service, why would we not pay something for it? Well, the re- reason being is, is Transit. Uh, I mean, this this will tie in into a bigger picture of of, um, of the environment and uh, and uh, carbon uh, carbon costs coming down. Um, try and move people onto onto a system that will help the world in in general. Uh, I, I just I just think that we should be able to move people, and the movement should be uh, a. Um, a benefit by uh, but paid by those that are that are deciding to to use sources of um of communication that uh, that go against uh, the carbon system uh, and and maybe even change that so if you have a a green vehicle you're um you're reduced as well on on your fees but if you drive you pay for the system um it's it's really that simple all right. Thanks uh, for that. We'll uh, move on down the phone lines before we take a short break. Joel is on the line. Good morning. Uh, hi there, Simi. Great show this morning. I disagree with, uh, uh, unfortunately, I disagree with Rick there that uh, uh, the rich people don't actually pay more in fuel taxes. They pay less because when you look at the cost of a Tesla, only a rich person could afford that. And Tesla, because being electric, don't pay any gas tax. Now, myself, I don't buy gas in Canada. I buy gas in the States because I can and it's way cheaper. Myself, I would actually support a system of uh, per, a per kilometer tolling if, only provided if, they completely eliminated the gas tax. Because we all pay a per kilometer charge in our, uh, built into our fuel tax. If you but you've that. just admitted that you don't because you buy your gas in the States. That's because I can get around it. I mean, let's be honest, if I can save 40 bucks a month, why wouldn't I? That's a dinner out for me and my wife. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a no-brainer. If I can avoid it, I will. But that doesn't mean that the road, that the road network still needs, to be, uh, still needs to be maintained and still needs to be constructed. And that's why I, I completely recognize that we need to go to a more fair and equi- a more fair and equitable system would be to go to a system of per kilometer tolling, but eliminating the fuel tax so that way so that way people wouldn't feel the need to try to avoid the gas tax uh, by doing things like what I do and increasing pressure on other government services like border services like 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 CBSA and and you know like yeah like CBSA um, honestly this is one of the situations where. I think that the government, by I understand what they're trying to do in trying to eliminate congestion and trying to put um, more congestion onto the shoulders of the uh, um, uh, of the rush hours and things like that. But unfortunately, you know, people have people have the driving patterns they do, not necess- because that's because that's the way that society works best. Um, and I think that the government should stop trying to manipulate people's behavior and start trying to come up with more fair and equitable ways of distributing the costs that this network incurs on us. 
All right, Joel, thanks uh, for that phone call. We need to take a short break. If you're on the phone lines, please stick with us because I want to get to all of the calls. We're talking about uh, the ideas coming forward from the committee that has been tasked with uh, looking at uh, what mobility pricing would look like. Uh, What do you think about the idea, the congestion point charges? That uh, could be a system of fixed tolling points. They could be at intersections, bridges, tunnels, or tolling zones where drivers would pay entry and or exit from a defined area. That's the one option from the committee. The other, distance-based charges. They would vary by time and location. That would mean drivers in some areas pay more per kilometer and more during busier times of the day. Uh, Do you think we should have something like London, a congestion charge around the city itself, Vancouver proper? And I suppose in the region of Metro Vancouver, it wouldn't just be the Vancouver downtown area. It would be any points, any choke points of congestion. We are continuing Continuing to take your calls on this topic, let's check in with Darren on the open line. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Joel. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm not too bad. Um, I'm just obviously the, the uh, issues around uh, congestion and uh, raising money to uh, to fund con- um, traffic is, is an issue. Um, this city, uh, this province, or this city is not ready for a London-style congestion charge. Because London has a very good network of uh, public transport, um, and the population is over 8 million. Um, we have a fraction of the population, and the city uh, are looking at examples, comparing themselves to other big cities like London, which we are not. Um, so we, I don't think a congestion charge will be right and work for the city, because there's not enough people that work downtown, and those who do, um, you know, not, don't necessarily drive. Um, and as far as congestion is concerned, um, the, the cities and the municipalities need to make the flow of traffic from the suburbs to the city easy. I mean, you have big roads like Oak Street and Granville and major roads where you can park your car on the side of the road. How can that be a, a, a free flow of traffic if people can park on the side of the road. A trunk route should be uh, free-flowing all the way through, in and out. But all major roads, whether it's Grandview, 12, highways, people can leave their cars. When police are involved with stops or collisions, people just leave their cars in the lanes. These are the things that are causing uh, obstruction and congestions. If this the, like in London, in the UK, red routes need to be cleared within 10 minutes. Whether it's a collision or, or any incident, it's a priority. But the government and the municipalities and the police need to be on board. They, they need to be told, you know what, clear this red route, collision, clear it. That will make people... We have a, we have a contraflow on a Massey Tunnel that sometimes you think, why do we have it during school holidays when there's no traffic? We create congestion. We jump onto bandwagons without doing a proper thinking and realizing, does this work for this city? 
Uh, Darren, I could not agree with you more on the points you've made. In fact, I was just having that conversation about Oak Street uh, two days ago. I think I have it every time I drive on Oak Street. It boggles my mind that there is ever any parking allowed on the outside lanes on Oak Street, Granville Street, any of these so-called arterial routes. 12th Avenue, you've nailed it. And my only thinking of why it's allowed is because it's the war on the car and the current city council in Vancouver doesn't want driving to be easy and pleasurable. They want it to be difficult, but I completely agree. And I also agree with what you've said about Vancouver not being a London. Okay, tell people from Langley, you're going to have to pay a congestion charge. What's the option? What is the transit option from somebody from Langley, from somebody from Abbotsford, from somebody from Chilliwack? Are they going to get on a GO train? No, because we don't have one. Uh, we do have time for a few more calls on the open line. Uh, Dorothea, good morning. Good morning. What I'd like to say is how do they figure they're going to make any money when it's going to cost them probably millions to administer it? The same thing happened with the um, the new the new bridge. The cost to send bills out to everybody for what they've done almost covers what they take in. So would you suggest something something different, such as a PST or some other tax that wouldn't involve any kind of infrastructure or any kind of gathering mechanism? Do you know what I'd like to see in a number of my friends? A way where there can be some way where when you go across all the major bridges, you put in a loony. Okay, Dorothea, thank uh, you for that. I, I still think that would uh, that would cost money to put in a system like that, too. We have a couple of minutes left, uh, or on the line. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How about you? Fine. I love government. They like to confuse things. It's a, such a simple thing would be if every resident and every business in British Columbia paid a $10 fund a month fee, including the people up north, and I know the people up north say, well, we don't use the road. My gas taxes maintains their road, so everything equals itself out. Because they're going to nickel and dime the lower mainland people big time, and it's not going to resolve a problem. All right, thanks for that. Uh, Or's idea, 10 bucks a month uh, for everybody. Uh, Colin on the line, good morning. Good morning, how are you doing? Good, what are your thoughts? Well, I live out in the valley, and I'm, I'm 60 years old now. I've worked my whole life, and you know, they keep taking more taxes off the off the fuel. It doesn't change anything. ICBC rates go up. It doesn't change anything. We've got to have something where, where where the people that are forced to carry their tools in their trucks and everything, like an artisan, like I work with tools. I can't get on the bus. I can't get on transit. And like unless you give them some break on their insurance to cover to pay for the congestion and the downtown transit. I haven't been on transit in 20 years, and I probably won't be. And when you say, sorry, when you say the valley, whereabouts in the valley? Uh, Fraser Valley. I'm just out of past mission. Right, so it's not as if you really even have a choice for transit options if you wanted to. Well, you don't have a choice, and they keep pounding more money on ICBC. They waste the money. They suck all the money out of that. All the money we dump at the government, we don't get anywhere. We're getting worse. Like, we need some major open roads where the people can get to the city, get in and out. And everybody keeps talking about transit, but they should give somebody like us a break on our insurances. 
and maybe we can pay a toll at congestion points, but we have to pay it anyway, and we have to pay the gas tax and ICBC. It's just ridiculous. We're not getting better. We're never getting anywhere. And what you said about the war on the car, man, is that the truth? <laughs> All right, Colin, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time, but thanks uh, to everybody who called in. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.